At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you here. I am live at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. James joins us via Denver, Colorado. Hour number two of the program, and we kick it off with our friend Lou Finicaro, who joins us now. He covers a few different sports here at VEASAN. You can find his UFC handicaps in our online digital publication, Point Spread Weekly. He is also on our NFL panel in that same publication. He is also a specialist in postseason hockey and even the College Baseball World Series, a man for all seasons indeed, Mr. Finicaro. And they have gone to halftime at Arrowhead Stadium and Lou, I want to get your take on this game. Thank you very much for joining us, by the way. But Harrison Butker, 25 of 28 during the regular season, just attempted a 50-yarder there before the break, and it caromed off the upright there. No good, and we're still tied at 14 apiece. What have you seen out of this ball game so far? Uh, what I've uh, First of all, thanks so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure to visit with you and James. Uh, this game's been great because, you know, they each team went down, traded scores. Then all of a sudden they, you know, jumped in an ice bath and everybody got conservative. And with two minutes left, they turned the faucet back on and we got to see some actual marching up and down the field. In fact, Kansas City, I, I really, they did a masterful job of getting into field goal position and it really wasn't the, the kicker. That's his, the outside uh, of his distance, really, 50 yards in that weather. It was the Kansas City offense that could have gotten him another 5 or 10 yards with 15, 18 seconds left that kind of dropped the ball. So it's a, it's a competitive game. All these games this weekend have made up for last weekend's lack of luster, and it's been outstanding. Lou, I don't have a live line, or I don't have a second half line just up yet, but I do have a live line, so I'm not sure what your position is on this game, but thinking about where this game stands, going into halftime, tied at 14, and the fact that there's a couple injuries, a couple key injuries to that Kansas City defense, in particular, not only Jerron Reed on the interior, kind of a rotational player up front at nose tackle, but the Honey Badger ruled out for this game. He's really the quarterback of that defense in the secondary for this Kansas City Chiefs team. I'm seeing the live line right now. Bills plus two and a half, a little juice towards the Kansas City Chiefs, as a matter of fact, with a total at 55 and a half. Depending on what your position is, or if you didn't have a position, where would you look to get involved in this second half of this game? Yeah, that's a great question. And here's how I would answer that, James. My overall feeling uh, because this time of the year, I really use the eye test. And my overall feeling coming into halftime was that all the pressure is on the Kansas City offense and the Kansas City defense. Uh, to me, Buffalo is the looser team. 
they're playing a little bit loose and that coach has got a chip on his shoulder over there. So to answer your question, Buffalo. Yeah, Lou, by the way, and the live line, of course, matches the second half line with the score tied at 14 apiece. So the Kansas City Chiefs, both for the entire game and the second half, are a two and a half point favorite. Your second half total is at 27 and a half. Lou, you talked about how this weekend's games have really outclassed last weekend's wild card round. That is for sure. And we thought we were going to get a blowout in Tampa Bay between the Rams and the Buccaneers, but boy, what a dandy that turned out to be. Tom Brady just continues to prove he is magical and almost pulls it off here, sending this one into overtime, but not to be outdone by Matthew Stafford as he drives his team down in the final 42 seconds to get the game-winning field goal, 30-27, to your final. The Rams led this game 20-3 to at the half, and it looked like they were just going to take care of the Buccaneers without much problem, but not the case. What a game. Did you have any positions on this game, and what were your assessments, uh, especially of the Rams going forward? Do they have a chance to make the Super Bowl? My overall assessment was that Tom Brady was like the guy that went to the roulette table and just put a one a, a one number down and the number hit because <laughs> he did he did very little to to affect what happened. It was L.A. ineptitude. And when I saw that L.A. was going to be three and a half or four point favorite next week over San Francisco, I choked and I started looking for that number everywhere I could because, in my opinion, that number is wrong. And I still think. At the current three or three and a half, it's incorrect. And we can get into that later. But overall, uh, I, I think the Rams played great. They earned the game, but they played against a flawed Tampa Bay team that was decimated with injuries to an extent also. So, Lou, let's switch back to the AFC. We know that the winner of this game between Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills, they'll be hosting the AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals, you know, playing in my mind, we Brady and I were talking about this earlier. This is a team, a young team, that is really, in a sense, playing with house money. If you're talking about them going to the roulette table, I mean, they're pressing, they're covering, they're all over the place here because, I don't know, at least for myself, I didn't expect them to be in this position a lot of talent on that team but a very young team but I think Joe Burrow the the leadership characteristics that he employs out there on the field based really starting with his toughness out there I mean depending on where Cincinnati goes whether it's going into Kansas City or going into Buffalo and we'll find out here in 30 minutes of play in this AFC divisional round not sure where that number stands, but what can you take away from yesterday's game with Cincinnati winning on the road at Tennessee that might give you some confidence to say, hey, why not Cincinnati in the Super Bowl? Uh, it's, a, it's an intangible answer, James. It's the it factor because really 18th-ranked DVOA offense, 19th-ranked DVOA defense, they went in there a little bit dinged up. And they've been over exceeding expectation for some time now with a relatively inexperienced, except for this year, head coach and quarterback. I, I have to regard them as an underdog to either team. I do believe they'd have a way better chance in Buffalo th than they would in Kansas City. Uh, that's my overall feeling. Lou, James and I were talking about this a little earlier, and I'm curious to hear why you think they might have a better chance at Arrowhead rather than 
back in Orchard Park, New York. They just beat the Kansas City Chiefs not too long ago. I think that was about three or four weeks ago. And and maybe that's why you like Kansas City, to get revenge on a bigger stage here in the AFC Championship. But I wonder what your reasoning is. And would you be on Kansas or would you be on Cincinnati? Would they be a live dog in your mind in either stadium? Well, I'd like to think so because when we're, those numbers are going to be six or seven, depending where we go. If it's Kansas City, it, it's, I bet you they try and open at seven, it'll go right to eight. And if it's Buffalo, my guess is it's more like six and it's going to go right to seven. That, that's how I anticipate the line will go. And so if there's any love for Cincinnati, it's best to be patient. Um I think that if it was a Kansas City-Cincinnati game, I'd look to invest in Kansas City as soon as I possibly could, and I would be more hesitant if it was Buffalo, just as I indicated. So, Lou, let's switch back to the NFC Championship game and thinking about, again, the third time now that these teams are going to match up this season with the San Francisco 49ers and the L.A. Rams. And I'm with you there, too. Three and a half in a, in a game like this with the toughness that we've seen out of San Francisco. This is another team that really is feels very galvanized about the fact that, you know, nobody was really thinking they could get there. And they've sustained a number of injuries all season long. That really knocked them out of last year's contention to be trying to get into the playoffs last year. So many injuries to that roster. But this is a team, especially on the defensive side, and that's really what I want to get your perspective is on that defensive side for the San Francisco 49ers. The fact that to open that game last last night against Green Bay in Lambeau Field, bad elements, and Green Bay goes right down the field and puts seven points on the board, very first drive, and they never see, they never get inside that red zone again. What can you take away from that performance with San Francisco's defense in that game against Green Bay, and also the fact that in that game back in Week 18 really stifled that offense for the Rams? Is it the defense? If we're going to bet the 49ers, that's where I'm leaning. Is it the defense that we're leaning on? Yes, and more specifically, James, it's the eye test that shows you that this rotation of seven or eight stalwart athletes that they're playing on their defensive line, uh, eventually it was like a fight. They had to weather that early Green Bay onslaught, and after that, they attacked them to the body, and that's what that defensive line dominated, that hacker line without Bakhtiari, with or without Bakhtiari. That's what they've done to the Rams on two occasions. They know they can do it, and they've done it more uh, importantly these last five or six games, crescendoing from Dallas and then topping that with the Packers. uh, I'm very bullish on them going to see a rival that they've played a lot where there's a lot of familiarity on I'm going to catch points with them. All right, Mr. Finicaro, great to talk to you as always, and uh, I imagine we'll catch up with you later on. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. Good luck to you guys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk soon. 
That is Lou Finicaro. You can follow him on Twitter at GamBlue. They are still at the break at Arrowhead Stadium. The Kansas City Chiefs will get the second-half kickoff. It is tied at 14 apiece, and Kansas City in the live market remains a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Your total for the entire game is up a tick from where it closed prior to kickoff. The closing number prior to kick was 54-and-a-half. The live number right now is 55-and-a-half. James and I will update the game as they come back out of the locker room and start the second half there at Arrowhead. Again, tied 14 apiece in the divisional round between the Bills and the Chiefs. We'll come back with more of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We are underway in the second half at Arrowhead Stadium between the Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. The second half begins with a tie ball game, 14 apiece. The Kansas City Chiefs, a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market, your live total at 55 and a half. Patrick Mahomes and company starting from their own 25-yard line, and they will face third and short here. Looks like about third and one as Mahomes scrambles for a gain of about four or five yards there. Uh, James, what are your overall impressions for the first half? And secondly, uh, you said you were going to make another bet for the second half. Did you jump in? I was looking at the Bills here. I haven't played it yet, but that's the way I'm leaning. I wanted to see what is this first. uh, We're going to be in the live market now, so I wanted to see what was this first drive going to look like for Kansas City, in particular the fact that, yeah, a, a lot of pass attempts for Patrick Mahomes, but nothing really big down the field in a sense. It's been a lot. It's Really, it's been he's been more effective with his legs so far than he has throwing the football. Not a lot of big plays and kind of suspected this. This is what we would see out of, out of Buffalo. They're going to play a lot of safeties, play two high safety looks, a lot of deeper coverage, make Mahomes have to try to throw the ball underneath. But they did play a lot of two-man under, at least in that first quarter. And that's where Mahomes was was able to take advantage with his legs as they turn their back to the defense or turn their back to the backfield. And Mahomes is able to take advantage of that. So right now, haven't gotten involved yet, but I think I'm definitely going to be leaning on the Bills side because we talked about the injuries for the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, in particular to the Honey Badger. He is ruled out with a hand injury. He is So the fact that he's not coming back in this game, how big of an impact in my mind, that's a big loss for Kansas City on that back end as this game progressed because we know it's going to be a shootout both ways. Even though, yes, they, they've scored 28 points, they're kind of on pace for that total right now, Brady, but these are some long, methodical drives right now because both teams are playing very conservatively defensively with a lot of high safety coverage. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes just 114 yards passing in the first half. Uh, I wonder if that was uh, a little bit of a boost for the Bills, James, uh, right before halftime there with Harrison Butker missing that 50-yard field goal, doinking it off of the upright. And I thought Lou Finicaro made a good point in the last segment. It, it was a little bit curious how Andy Reid and company handled that last 15 seconds or so. I mean, they pretty much just ran a couple of plays and threw the ball out of bounds to get the clock down to where they wanted it. But obviously, Butker could have used a few more yards there. 
And, and, and again, well, I, you wonder if it, you wonder if maybe that was a motivational boost for Buffalo. Hey, we held them. You know, we're, we're, we're still tied here. They missed the field goal. Maybe that's a little bit of a boost for them in the second half. Well, for sure, the momentum, not only going in, closing the half because they Kansas City missed that field goal, going tied at the half for Buffalo, but the fact that they were able to drive down with less than two minutes to go down 14-7 to and put it in the end zone, and that's where this game is going. These teams aren't going to be relying, yeah, it's the end of the half. You're going to use your place gear to, kick, to come out and kick that final three, but this is not a game where these teams are going to be looking. As soon as these teams get on the other side of the 50, unless you're talking about some fourth and long situation here, they're not going to be putting their kickers in place, whether it's the punter or the place kicker. They know that it's going to take seven points. You're going to have to drive and get sevens. You're going to have to cross the goal line to win this football game. 11 minutes left to go in the third quarter. Another slow, methodical drive going on here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're right around midfield and a big tackle for a loss there by Oliver, their big defensive tackle there for the Buffalo Bills. Looks like it'll be about third and six for Kansas City. And they are in Buffalo territory, about the 45-yard line, but facing a third and five here. And uh, they are going to come up a hair short. Mahomes completes the pass, but looks like uh, about a half a yard short of the yardage to gain. And I imagine Andy Reid and company will go for it here. Uh, Let's talk about the 49ers and the Packers game on Saturday night. What an absolutely incredible game. The Packers closed as six-point favorites with a total of 47. 49ers win it by a final of 13-10. Single-digit temperatures at Lambeau Field, snow flurries in the second half. The San Francisco special teams, they blocked a field goal in the first half and then blocked a punt for a scoop and score in the second half. And then furthermore on the special teams, it was Robbie Gould who boots a game winner as time runs out from 45 yards. The 49ers advance to the NFC Championship and James Aaron Rodgers now 0 for 4 in his career in the playoffs against San Francisco. Well, and we can put a lot of blame on the special teams, and rightfully so, with the the block field goal, the the kicking the ball. I mean, there was multiple times where that ball was short, and they were able to get where San Francisco get good field position off of kickoffs. I mean, so many ways to look and dissect that special teams, and they've been talking about that all season long that that was the Achilles heel of the Green Bay Packers. But ultimately, isn't that what your MVP is supposed to do? Pick up your teammates and still make plays and carry you through games like that when your special teams units are not able to sustain for a full four-quarter effort and make the plays necessary to move on to the NFC Championship game? Where's Aaron Rodgers and his culpability in this game? I know there's a lot of talk about the coaching staff and the special teams coach and, and the special te- the, the fact that they didn't even have 11 guys on the field for the game winner uh, on the field goal for Robbie Gould. They had 10 players on the field. I I think that was part of the calling card too. So plenty of blame to go around in this matchup, but where's the accountability on the offensive side with Aaron Rodgers? And and I I think that's where we talk about and and fully capable of playing at a high level. We know the talent and the skill that he has as a quarterback, but again, falling short, just like you mentioned, Brady, where this is where you're at home and the fact that you scored 10 points as an offense and 
they scored seven on that very first drive, and we were on the we were on the the program yesterday watching that go right down the field. We're like, whoa, okay, is maybe maybe it is the cold, and it's taking San Francisco longer to warm up than it is the Packers because it was very methodical that Aaron Rodgers was able to lead his team straight down the field. He and Devontae Adams hooking up, and then they get seven on the board right away. Did not see them get back into the red zone again from that standpoint. I just feel like there's the, there's a lot to be said for Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he was not able to lift his game to carry his team. That's what you're supposed to do as a Hall of Fame quarterback, as an MVP candidate this season. And he had a great season all uh, performing at the quarterback position for the Green Bay Packers all season long. You got to step up and and carry your team when you have other folks falling short. And we're talking about special teams. A lot of that time, a lot of that is indicative uh, of the coaching and the preparation, but also the fact that your special teams really speak to the depth of your team. And you have special team players in there. Can they perform? Can they make plays? The athletes that you have out there, along with the concentration level and the the attention to detail that comes with the coaching uh, on that aspect, but also it really dispels the fact that this is not a deep team for the Green Bay Packers when you're talking about the special teams and the lack of performance at that area. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers on the game's first drive that you're talking about, he was 6-for-6 for 70 yards at nearly 12 yards per pass attempt. And then if you throw out the Aaron Jones, that was a busted coverage at the end of the first half. The rest of the way, Aaron Rodgers was 13-of-22 for 80 yards at just 3.6 yards per pass attempt. The 49ers defense, they allowed seven points in the first half, just three points in the second half. They gave up 205 yards of offense in the first half. They surrendered just 58 yards of offense in the second. They gave up 46 yards rushing in the first half, just 21 yards on the ground in the second half. The Packers had nine first downs in the first half of this game. They ended up with five first downs in the second half. San Francisco's defense gave up 6.4 yards per play in the first half and less than 2.8 yards per play in the second half. And, and James, I think there was some worry on the part of San Francisco 49er fans that Robert Sala was lost as their defensive coordinator. I mean, he did an outstanding job there. But his replacement, D'Amico Ryans, boy, he really has this stop unit for San Francisco peaking at the right time. And the turnaround really started in the second half of the regular season. Well, and it starts on that defensive line and the pressure that they're able to create without having to send a, n- a number of fronts because we know the back end of that defense for San Francisco, that's the weak. That's the weakness of this defensive unit. And they've had a lot of injuries to be sh- to be had for sure at the cornerback position as well as the safety area. And, the, and I, I just think for San Francisco, we see that speed play out. Man, they've got some athletes up front. We, we know Bosa and, the, and top draft pick and He's going to bring that with him. But players like Armstead, if you come, I mean, this was a team that just digging in and competing and fighting each and every down. I think that's just the mental toughness of this team. This team is so competitive because they're feeling like they are the underdog and they have been for the most part in every contest they've been playing lately. That's their, in a sense, the third straight playoff game they've had to win on the road. They had to win on the road at Los Angeles in that Week 18 matchup to secure the wild card berth. Then you go to Dallas and the America's team and all that noise, put a hat on those guys and now you go into Lambeau. You can play in any elements, play against any MVP quarterback. Man, this team is tough-minded. 
All right, the Kansas City Chiefs settle for a field goal, the first field goal of the ball game. They take the lead 17-14 to over the Buffalo Bills in the third quarter. Still about seven minutes to go in the third. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. We'll be right back with more of the Pro Football Blitz. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's never too early to prepare for the big game, and we want to make sure VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs, and then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game bet cast. It's the biggest game of the year, so make sure you have plans now to join the vsin betting experts before, during, and after the action, all at vsin.com. Brady Cannon and James Salinas back with you inside the Pro Football Blitz. They're inside the third quarter at Arrowhead Stadium between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. And a disappointing uh, drive right there for Buffalo Bills backers, James. They just held the Chiefs to a field goal, the first field goal of the contest, kicking them out of the end zone. And then Josh Allen on third and two uh, do a little bit of a jet sweep there, and they end up with fourth and one. Sean McDermott elects to punt rather than go for it. They were still fairly deep in their own territory, around their own 35-yard line or so. I was a little surprised that he elected to punt, though. I mean, I just think every possession is so valuable here when you're on offense, James, because either one of these offenses can light up the opponent's defense at any time, and now you're giving the ball Patrick, uh, back to Patrick Mahomes. It looks like he's got pretty good field position, I believe, around his own 40-yard line. So they're off and running once again, and I really thought that was maybe the first flinch by Kansas City having to uh, settle for a field goal there, but Buffalo not able to take advantage of it. Well, and maybe not so much the punt. It's still a three-point game midway through the third quarter. You're back inside your own 40, but more so the play calling on third down. You have third and short, and we're going to run Isaiah McKenzie on a on a reverse end around, whatever you want to call that. Isaiah McKenzie, really, is that who you want to have put the ball in here? This is where Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, maybe he's uh, he already auditioned and interviewed for the job there in New, in New York for the Giants spot. Hey, look what I can do. Look how creative I am. Look how spe- look look what we can do on the road in the playoffs. I can find I can maximize all the strengths of our players here. Don't understand that call right there with Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie is not one when you need to get two yards, and yeah, maybe if they're over-pursuing that play, he's going to be able to turn the corner, but this is a disciplined team with Spagnuolo defensively for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to stay home. Now they stay home. McKenzie is not one that's going to break tackles, and he comes up short. They end up punting the football. Just curious play call to me on third down. If you're going to run the football, which is fine, you want to be physical, is it either going to be Singletary, who had ran the ball and did not make the right cut, stretched it out too far on that second down and two, should have cut that ball back up inside inside that, that four hole there, or that outside was the left side, so it really should have been the five hole. I'm thinking... That's where Josh Allen needs to come into play. And you want to, if you want to move on to the AFC Championship game, this ball should be in Josh Allen's hands as many opportunities as possible and not just on some pitch, especially to somebody like Isaiah McKenzie. 
Yeah, I, I was really surprised by that as well. I thought that would be Josh Allen getting his number called there, but now first and 10 for the Kansas City Chiefs, about their 39-yard line here, and we're under five minutes left to go in the third quarter. Kansas City is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market, your total at 50-and-a-half. And now that we've got that hook in front of us as far as the in-game market, James, the Bills catching three-and-a-half, you mentioned you might have some interest in the live market on the Buffalo Bills. Would three and a half be the go point for you? It could be. It's sitting at a dollar twenty. I just still feel like the Bills are gonna win this football game. I'm looking at the money line right now. It's plus one ninety. I think that's where it I think that's probably where I'm gonna get involved here. I just still feel like the the fact that those injuries on the defensive side for the Chiefs and so I'm going to lo- I'm loading this up well, as hang we on, speak hang right on. now. I was going to say hang on because maybe you'll get a better price if the Kansas City Chiefs get this ball down into the red zone or something maybe you'll get a better number than plus 190. Well, and they just must have made a play here because it already spiked up to plus two and a quarter right now. And it was. It was a first down to Kelsey right around midfield. So move the sticks for the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see where this number goes. Uh, but, but I think the one thing for the Buffalo Bills is they're going to do this. They're going to allow Patrick Mahomes, again, to throw underneath. They're going to have this two safety coverage, these high safeties back there, like they did in that first matchup back in week five, allow Mahomes to operate underneath in between the 20s and then tighten up in the red zone. That's what they did the last drive to start the third quarter, holding Kansas City to three here. Now I see this this point spread. I'm not even looking at the point spread here. It, it just feels like more so for the Bills. They're they, they've got to play to win, and that last drive aside and flipping it out to Isaiah McKenzie, learn from your lesson. It's got to be in the hands of Josh Allen and the fact that there are multiple injuries to this Kansas City Chiefs defense as this game has gone on, in particular to Tyron Matthew. I think those are going to be crucial down the stretch here. So now the live line is off the board, but I'm going to be looking to take a good price on the money line with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I've got uh, – I'm showing plus 225 as the uh, Chiefs uh, – yeah, it looks like it's spiked I got a two now. nine. It must be a big run. Here's uh, here's Edwards Alaire again. They're dropping deep. They're they're dropping those safeties back in coverage, and so they're able to run underneath. Now, what is can Kansas City execute in the red zone? And we know they got plenty of weapons to do it. Can they execute in the red zone here inside the twenties when now it gets tighter and you're not going to have those safeties playing nearly as deep? Yeah, it looks like they're certainly employing a bend, don't break. And here's where the test comes as Kansas City gets the ball first and 10, under two and a half minutes less to go in the third quarter. And they are at the 25-yard line of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, James, do you think there's a sense, and and I know we're considering betting on the Buffalo Bills to win this game, and uh, now the Chiefs looks like they might be in oh, the he, end zone. He just housed it. Yep. There may be a review here. Yeah, it it looks like it's McCole Hardman uh, on a run, an end-around type run, and it looks like the call on the field is a touchdown. I have not seen an update on my scoreboard here, so I imagine there is a review pending. But, boy, if you think the Bills are going to win this game, now will certainly be the time when you can probably (laughs) find the best price uh, as we near towards the final quarter of this contest. Um, again, you and I are both Bills fans in this game. I have a conference futures ticket on the Bills to win the AFC. Um, I also took them plus two points in this game, and here comes the extra point. So it looks like the touchdown is indeed good, and uh, the extra point is no good. Wow, Harrison Butker missing a field goal already and now a missed extra point as well. So a nine-point margin 
for the Kansas City Chiefs. 23-14 to 14 your score currently. Again, about two minutes left in the third quarter. Um, what I was going to say here is you and I are, are both Bills fans uh, as far as you think they can win this game. I really want them to win this game because of some future tickets and some uh, tickets in my pocket I have plus the points for this game in particular. Um, but if they are able to, you know, kind of avenge last season's playoff loss, which, you know, they already did earlier in the regular season, but this is really the revenge spot. Buffalo obviously wants to, uh, you know, get rid of their nemesis here in the Kansas City Chiefs and move on to the AFC championship. Is it possible that maybe they would be a little bit inflated in the line and also maybe their confidence like, hey, we we finally slayed the dragon and, and you know, not that they're going to overlook an opponent in an AFC championship contest, but maybe that creates a little bit of value on the Bengals if it was to be the Bengals going into Buffalo. Well, especially for the Bengals, who nobody expected them to be in the AFC championship game outside of folks in Cincinnati within that locker room and that organization for the Bengals. Yeah, they. I mean, they have nothing to lose. And the fact that you have some players, young players there that probably don't realize Hey, it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be like this for your first, your, your early in your career. Although we could say the same about Mahomes and the fact that Mahomes was able to do and have all the success that he's had in his young career. I feel like we talk about Mahomes. We've been talking about him for a decade, but he's a very young. He's a very young player too, right? But he's been in such deep runs in the playoffs. But now for the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and all I think all the talk will be about. Not the fact that I mean, if you if you go back and think about the game and you look at the box score, uh, the fact that Joe Burrow was sacked nine times in that matchup, and all the criticism and rightfully so that will come to Tennessee and in particular for for Ryan Tannehill and the and the three interceptions, just first first throw of the game, starting off with an interception, and the fact that he wasn't able to lead his team as the number one seed into the AFC Championship game and host that game next week in Tennessee. Yeah, I kind of feel like there'll be a lot of it'll it'll be more so dissecting the negatives from that game for Cincinnati. And this is a team that's too young. That offensive line is not any good. It's not a good offensive line for sure, uh, but they're not supposed to be there. They're not supposed to be doing what they're doing at such a young age collectively as a roster. But the fact that this team just is confident and it just exudes Joe Joe Burrow is uh, this is the, he he is the face of that franchise. He is the face of that ball club. That is the identity. It is about all about Joe Burrow and not only his ability, he's got great ability to make plays, but the toughness that he shows. And that's what I took away from that game. Yeah, probably held on to the ball on too many occasions, took yourself out of field goal range, eating a number of sacks. But the fact that you are, the, the, the fact that you can bounce back the way that you did, absolutely they should be live come AFC Championship game next week. Two minutes and six seconds left in the third quarter at Arrowhead Stadium and the Kansas City Chiefs with a nine-point lead, 23-14. to 14. Josh Allen and company go back on offense, trailing by nine. They will start at their own 25-yard line. When we come back, we grade our best bets for the weekend right here at v Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. 
VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new Big Game Big Dance Special. It provides VSIN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April the 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vsin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. vsin.com slash big deal. Go there to sign up today. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. James, we went to commercial break. The Buffalo Bills got the ball back on offense, trailing by nine. They now trail by two. One play, 12 seconds later, and Josh Allen goes deep on the first play from scrimmage. A bomb and a beautifully thrown pass to a wide-open Gabriel Davis. He prances into the end zone. The extra point is good. And all of a sudden, that missed extra point by Harrison Butker looms large, as this is now a two-point game. And, of course, that was the spread for a large part of the week. It opened up at 2.5, got all the way down to 1 in favor of the Chiefs, closed 2.5. Here we are with a 2 point game and that last touchdown by Kansas City you wondered okay maybe are they going to start pulling away here just that quick we have a ball game once again as far as the live line we're back to the Chiefs being two and a half point favorites and your total back up now to the high water mark that we've seen all contest at 58 and a half yeah, I took the plus 280 right before Good that. Good for you. I, I was wondering. We were, were going to commercial. commercial. I was like, I hope break. you bet it. I, I hope know you it. Bet it. Yep. And so put that one on the board. And, and for thank you. you for and thank you, Buffalo, for realizing uh, this is not the Isaiah McKenzie team. This is the Josh Allen team. And let's put the ball in his hands. All right, enough screwing around. Enough running the football here. Devin Singletary, seven carries, 16 yards. No factor today. It's not about keeping the defense honest. We're going to the fourth quarter right now. Do you want to host the AFC Championship game or not? And who are you going to go with that brung you there if you want to get to that level? It's all about Josh Allen and the fact that we talked about those defensive injuries, not only with Reed up front, but more so Matthew on the back. The fact that he wasn't there, love to see the replay again of that with that the, the big play over the top, but can't help to think that would that play have been there? Would he been open? Would they have been able, the Buffalo Bills offensively, in that passing and to be able to take the top off the defense if the Honey Badger was in this game. The fact that he wasn't, that's kind of what we were betting on as well, Brady. Yeah, it looked like they kind of were patient with when they were going to attack that absent of Tyron Matthew, and obviously the timing was perfect if that is indeed their intention, but uh, they struck quickly, and they are right back in this ball game. James, by the way, you owe me about 55 cents because you were going to jump in at plus 225, and I said, hey, wait no. a minute. They might get into the red zone. You might get I a better was. price. <laughs> yep, I was. I was. It was literally loaded, ready in the queue, and then it went off, and that's where we saw, uh, was it was it Hardman, I think, that was going down the sideline to get into the end zone and put them up, and I, and I guess going up ahead like that, and now you're going to go up two scores yeah, what kind of pressure would we see on the Buffalo Bills? All the expectations coming into this season from last year and how well they performed losing in the AFC Championship game at Kansas City. Now, what was the pressure going to be like coming in back into this matchup? And you had the opportunities and you were there in the first half. Then the third quarter, you can't match scores. You have to punt on fourth down. And then Kansas City comes right back and goes up two scores. 
big, huge play, huge play with Josh Allen. But I think that's, again, it's, it just speaks to the confidence level of these players and these young players. The last segment, Brady, we were talking about Joe Burrow, young quarterback, but the bravado that he brings. This is not cockiness. This is just, it's not arrogance. It's just confidence, man. This kid, that kid is such a gamer. He's such a player. I could say the same thing with Josh Allen, and he has all the tools, makes all the throws, tremendously strong arm, can make plays with his feet, but it's the confidence to be able to bounce back. How do you perform when you're behind? How do you perform when everybody says you can't get it done, and now you're struggling here, and you're down two scores on on the road at Kansas City, do you fold just like last year in the second half like you did in the AFC Championship game or do you step up and perform? And we saw that at Josh Allen. This is going to be a great fourth quarter, Brady. Well, I tell you what, you know, he takes a lot of flack, but uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not curl up and give up in their uh, divisional game against the Green Bay Packers. Yes, he threw an interception, but he also threw a couple of outstanding passes on the game-winning drive that led to the Robbie Gould field goal. We'll get to our best bets here, and you and I were both involved in this game. I had the 49ers plus six for the entire contest. Obviously, that comes through. You had the 49ers plus three and a half for the first half, and unfortunately, that did not, and it was that one interception that Garoppolo did uh, did throw that killed you. It was right there uh, before halftime with the 49ers driving down, looking to tie this game at seven apiece. And Garoppolo kind of escapes a couple of near sacks there by the Packers pass rush, rolls out to the right a little bit and kind of slings it in the neighborhood of George Kittle, but gets intercepted. And that pretty much uh, had that first half ticket thrown in the trash for you, unfortunately. Jimmy Garoppolo is the wannabe Josh Allen. He's the wa- he's the he's the wannabe Joe Burrow. On that interception that ended the half basically or close there to it at least ended the my first half dreams of cashing that plus three and a half ticket. He saw it. He saw that. He saw the. I, I, I don't remember if it was Kittle, whoever was coming across the middle late and the back of the end zone. He saw it, but he saw it too late. But he thinks, all right, I still got. I got, I got the arm like all these other young gunslingers in this league, and I can get that, make that happen. He doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the talent that we were talking about with Joe Burrow as well as Josh Allen. Just from the talent standpoint, he doesn't have that. Now, yeah, he was able to hang in there and not basically not screw the game up anymore for the San Francisco 49ers, but SF didn't put a touchdown on the board offensively. It was the special teams that made plays for them in short fields, block punt that put seven points on the board for the San Francisco 49ers. That was my one hesitation for back in the 49ers for the full length of that game was would Garoppolo at some point, especially where the game got tight in the fourth quarter, not be able to make the plays. Now he made a couple throws on that, on that fourth down drive, a couple dump offs, not being able to make the right read, but really didn't see a lot of pressure from the Packers in that second half and it was more so the meltdown I just feel like that was more so yeah honestly I I feel like the the 49ers as as well as they played defensively and the special teams gaffes on the Green Bay Packers side that was a very fortunate win for the San Francisco 49ers and yeah I was on the wrong side of that when it came to just betting the first half as opposed to taking that five and a half or six for the full game
Very fortunate win. I, I, I was uh, watching uh, at home, and they uh, went for it on fourth and short. They came up short and then uh, got a three and out uh, for the uh, defense there against the Packers, and that's when the blocked punt happened. And I, I, I was I, I couldn't believe what I was watching, and <laughs> you know how the rest unfolded. You and I both lost on our bet with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus two and a half points. We really had the best number that you could find available there as it uh, closed at three and under a field goal. I felt pretty good about our chances. I didn't feel too good about our chances as that game started to play out, but boy, you and I were rooting pretty hard for overtime at the end. What an incredible comeback. And I I really thought we were going to get overtime and possibly have a real good shot to cash that ticket. But Matthew Stafford with a couple of 40 plus yard bombs to Cooper cup to set up the field goal for Matt Gay. And uh, unfortunately, as close as we were able to came uh, come, we did not win that bet. Well, and I got, I definitely got involved in game. I, I had at one point I had Tampa plus 600 to win, come back and win that football game. And my thinking with that was as well as getting them plus 12 and a half in that third quarter, just feeling like, is this how Tom Brady's going to go out? Are you going to go out this way where you're just getting dominated at home? This is your last, this potentially could be his last game. And there was a lot of speculation coming into this game. And as the game progressed, if you listen to the broadcast, which I started to tune out after a while, uh, where Al Michaels was appointing the Rams into the NFC Championship game, and I think he started to feel concerned eating his words once Cooper Cup put, it up, put the ball on the ground, as did Cam Akers, uh, and ultimately the Rams were able to find their way and, and get that last drive to come home. But, I mean, man, did that team uh, – did the Rams win that game, Brady, or was it the Bucks just failed to finish and close out that, that game? Because if that game goes to overtime, all the momentum on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' side, Tom Brady moved moving along. And I think Brady definitely struggled without all of his targets out there uh, for what we've seen throughout the season, but was able to drive. And there's just something about his moxie that, you know, there he's never out of a game. And so, yeah, the, the 12 and a half was able to come in. The two and a half obviously did not get there. But for the Rams going forward, yeah, it was a huge win for them to go on the road and beat Tampa Bay in their backyard. Now you get to host the the NFC Championship game at your house, but you're going to face your nemesis, the San Francisco 49ers, who who beat you twice this year and in particular came back from a 17 to nothing deficit in week 18 to win that game in overtime. You and I uh, also have some bets still pending on our best bets card. I have the Buffalo Bills plus two points. That one, of course, is not decided. You have the Bills and the Chiefs over 53 and a half. You need 10 more points to cash that one. You've got Patrick Mahomes over 281 and a half passing yards. You need 82 more yards out of Patrick Mahomes through the air to cash that one. The Bills are back on offense. They're trailing in this game 23-21 into the fourth quarter. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. 